1: giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at t slash now.
0: Hermanos Gutierrez may be an instrumental guitar band, but they have zero interest in shredding. Instead, the Swiss Ecuadorian brothers Esteban and Alejandro Gutierrez take a minimalist approach to playing. They create hypnotic, sweeping compositions inspired by classical Latin guitar and also film scores from old Spaghetti Westerns. In 2022, after releasing three albums independently, Hermanos Gutierrez signed to Easy Eye Sound, a label owned and operated by Dan Arbach, guitarist and vocalist of the Black Keys. Last October, they released the album El Bueno y El Malo to critical acclaim. The album features the song "Tres Hermanos," where Arbach joins the brothers on guitar. Today, we'll hear Estevan and Alejandro play that song along with a couple other songs live from Arbach Studio in Nashville, Tennessee. I also talked to Hermanos Gutierrez about how their brotherly spats sometimes fuel their playing. Then they recall a recent performance in Mexico City where they played during a volcanic eruption and how Dan Arbach knew he wanted to meet with Hermanos Gutierrez after seeing them play for just 15 seconds. This is Broken Record, liner notes for The Digital Age. I'm Justin Richmond. Before we jump into my interview with Hermanos Gutierrez, let's hear them play Thunderbird live from Easy Eye Sound Studio in Nashville. So beautiful listening <laughs> to you guys thank you so oh. much yeah man, man, those are sweet guitars those are beautiful thank you man thank you man are those both gretches i have a gretch yes sir i have a silver tone
2: 1446 man. yeah have you guys always played those guitars no not always i uh, played a fender mexican series when i started right, six, yeah and yeah. yeah, that's the guitar i started with
3: and i played um, a gibson i think it was a 339 or 35 like the small
0: one. Oh, man, so cool! I want a Gretsch. I really want a Gretsch. That's like my dream. Yeah, these are cool. I, I mean, I should just do it. I don't know why I don't just buy yeah, it's, it. but it's, <laughs> it's, it's sometimes I like to have these dreams that are kind of <laughs> it's, it's, it's not so like, hard, bro. <laughs> I know. I should probably just go <laughs> just on go and grab buy them, one. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys program the um, the playlist on your Spotify? There's a few artists' playlists on there. You have one called uh, "Sounds of the World." Yeah, that's us. That's from us. From us yeah. yeah, we did that. Yeah. I was, I was loving, I was loving the volume. I was loving all of them, but the volume one in particular.
2: Always the first ones. They're the best.
0: (laughs) Obviously being part Ecuadorian, part Swiss growing up in Europe, did you have access to a lot of music from Latin America? Man, not really.
3: I think when we could listen to this music was every time then we went to Ecuador to visit the family, you know, and so our grandfather was the one who'd showed us like a lot of stuff. I remember that I have a little tape of Julio Jaramillo that he bought me on the corner of our town, and I still have it, and it's like, it's like my first
2: memory of having like the access to Latin, Latin music. I remember I bought one of those uh, copies in Ecuador, you know, the, the black copies, not the original ones, from Fania, and they had those compilations from Fania tracks with a lot of salsa. That was the first time, but not until I was maybe 15, 16 years old. So I got back to Switzerland. I was listening to those uh, kind of uh, tracks. And I think um, they were not so available here in Switzerland.
0: Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to grow up in LA where, you know, there's like lots of Spanish music, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it's always just whatever is programmed on on Mm -hmm. the radio, you know? And so like there is a radio station though called K-Jazz. I was at a Long Beach Mm -hmm. and they used to have a show called Jazz on the Latin side on like on Saturday night. So we would always, whenever, you know, we'd always jam like late, and then turn on like around midnight or 1am jazz on the latin side and it would be like ray Barreto mm-hmm. and like all these rare like they called them like rare groove at the time mm-hmm. it sounded like the coolest thing it, it sounded inaccessible mm-hmm. you know it was like it was like i don't know what this music is i i don't really speak spanish so i don't know what they're saying mm-hmm. it sounds like rock music and like jazz but it's coming from like you know ecuador or peru and it just was like it felt like it was a whole new world of things to discover and it that's just, amazing it, it was such a cool thing to have as a music fan. I like the name Rare Grooves. That's cool. Rare yeah. Grooves. Yeah, that's what they. that's what, I don't know why it was called that at the time, but at the time, I think it was a lot of DJs would spin it and call it Rare Grooves. Ah, cool, man. What were you guys listening to when you first started playing guitar? What were your guitar inspirations? Who were your guitar heroes?
3: I started to play the guitar when I was in second grade and I started to play uh, the Argentinian folk music. There's a special type of, it's called Milonga. And this like this finger picking style. And I fell in love with that music. And I just played this kind of style because my teacher also just showed me that. Yeah. So that was my first access to guitar music was classical guitar. You had a classical yeah, guitar? Yeah, yeah. I that, still have the that one that uh, I got it from my father. And that's the one when I learned wow. to play the guitar. Yeah.
0: Wow. How did you fall in love with that? What made you? I I think
3: you could like hear the, the sadness and uh, like the melancholy, melancholia, how you say it? Melancholy, Melancholy yeah. in, in, in the sounds, even without somebody to sing it, you know, and that impressed me because I was also like able to put my feelings into the way how I played the guitar because that was was my teacher told me. Hey, you can play a tone different. You can play it just to play it, but you can also put feelings into it. And that's what I really learned. And yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that, that yeah. I learned that.
0: Was that in Switzerland? Yes. Where you took lessons? Yes, yes. Were you into music before you discovered
3: Milongo? It's called Milonga, yeah. I think that was actually the first thing that I really learned of music, yeah. Because I didn't know, our father didn't listen to rock music or all the cool stuff. He listened to classical uh, orchestra music, Sunday mornings, I remember that. I think I got to know the cool sound when I was like, around 15 to 20 years old so then i kind of discovered oh there's way more cool music you know like rock music and all the stuff
0: were you into the music your dad played like the classical stuff
3: not really it was like okay it's sunday morning you know but it was like also kind of interesting to know that there's there exists music that is just instrumental and uh, you can feel all
0: the passion and all the feelings in that music what's the age difference between you two it's eight years older that guy so, was uh, Alejandro, was, was the Sunday morning classical sessions, was that still happening when you were <laughs> young too? Yeah, I was just
2: about going to tell you, it was uh, my brother Esteban who inspired me to pick up the guitar. Because I grew up with this sound every time he was playing the guitar. It was just a big inspiration, so when he left for one period, like for one year, he went to Ecuador. There was just an absence of that kind of music in our place. So what I did, I picked the guitar and I was like, I want to learn how to play the guitar. And I uh, watched a lot of YouTube tutorials. And back in that time, it was the time of Jack Johnson, singer-songwriter, the surf tool, you know.
4: Hmm.
2: And uh, I really tried to learn those chords, but I never liked to play covers. So I really tried to have my own style from the beginning. And one guy which inspired me a lot was Jose Gonzalez, like the Swedish Argentinian guy oh with his guitar gosh. and the first record that he played, like Crosses. That's such a good track and such a good album. And there's the other side, which is more coming from film and uh, cinema, like the movies from Alejandro Iñari to the Mexican director with the collaboration with Gustavo Santaolalla, which, you know, mm. so I, I think it was just a mix of a lot of things happening around that time. Gustavo's incredible. Mm, Incredible. He's he's uh, the king. All around. Yeah, yeah. Even like on the last series with The Last of Us, you know, like he's he's Mm. so present and gives so much depth to movies and it's
0: incredible. Yeah, he's a bit of a mad genius, it seems like to me. Of course. So you didn't have guitar lessons, you kind of just learned it on your own. Never. Just on my own.
3: And the funny thing is, when he told me, hey, I'm learning the guitar, because I knew that he kind of started to play a bit when I before I left. But then he, like, told me, hey, I learned in that year to, to play the guitar. And I was like, okay, cool, he can play chords a bit. And then I came yeah, back. Yeah, strum. Yeah, I was so impressed, you know, like finger picking. And also, he came up with stuff that I was like, wow. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that he started to do that and then the first time that we played together was just magical you know we just we connected and we felt like hey
0: that's it it's it's really cool what we have before he even started playing guitar esteban were you playing music with other people no not really no no i was always like playing by
3: myself sometimes jamming with friends you know but it i also had never liked to play cover songs it felt always like ah, i don't know And then when we started to play, he came up and he said, Hey, um, why don't you visit me? I have like an idea on the guitar, bring your guitar. Then he showed me a a song and he said, Hey, something is missing. Why don't you play over it? And I came up with a melody and he was like, that's exactly what I was missing. And, And that's like how we write songs. You know, it's always one of us comes up with an idea and then something is missing and the other fills it up without telling or asking the other one, "Hey, what do you need? And, you know, like a melody or something." It's really we have a gift, and we're very grateful for that.
0: Alejandro, do you remember what that idea was that you played him that first idea? Yeah, it was the first track, um, El Mar. That was the first song we ever written together. Do, do you mind playing some of the playing some of the chords? Yeah, of course. W- without Esteban first, no. just maybe just like just the chords as you brought it to him.
2: that's it and actually we played it the other way so he had the melody and i had the chords but now with the set and trying to build like a certain dynamic we we changed it so i applied the melody now but that was the
0: first melody ever from their manos mm-hmm. so cool yeah. was there ever a thought early on like in those initial times you guys had those first ideas to, to put words or to sing? were either you guys singers and no. did you feel like luckily no, never
3: no no no
2: <laughs> no never um We never thought about it and since we're huge fans of just soundtracks and film scores and uh, within our limitations we were like no it's it's not gonna work with vocals and to be honest it was not like a conceptual thing like okay if we don't have vocals we have like the potential to maybe travel more you know around the world because there's no boundaries because no vocals like everyone can understand so yeah it was just very clear from the beginning on
0: it's just gotta be instrumental were you guys growing up before music? Were, did you guys get along very well or were you guys like as siblings? No. What was your guys' relationship? We always had a close connection. I
3: think we're battling now more than when we did when we grew up, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But music uh, is keeping us together right now. It's really that way. <laughs> yeah, but then um, I'm the oldest, he's the youngest. We're in total four. And we always had this connection, you know, and then when he got older, we kind of start to have like the same interest you know like in fashion jewelry we love vintage stuff and yeah it's re- everything that we produce by ourselves was always so natural and so much fun you know to do artwork, songs like all these merch that we
2: produce by ourselves it was always very cool and it's it still is yeah are you guys designing
0: it by yourselves too yeah, we did for the first four records, we did all the artwork and stuff. At what point after those ideas started percolating, did you guys realize you wanted to record stuff?
3: It was actually that night because we were jamming. We had like three, four songs of that the song that, that we played you. And so his roommate came into the, in our room and he was like, wow, that's amazing. From which band is that? And we were like, that's our music. And then he was the one that said, hey, you guys should uh, record, play concerts and and, and put out a, an LP and whatever. And and we were like, all right, yeah, let's do it. Where were your first shows? Uh, we played in Zurich. We started to play in Zurich, like small venues. Um, and then we decided to record our first album, which is called Ocho Años, because of our age difference. Uh, in Berlin, we went to a friend, we did a road trip, we packed all our amps and stuff. And we didn't know what we we're gonna do, you know. We just wanted to record, and then, yeah, it happened, and it got how do you say word around? Like, friends were passing our music, and uh, it. We never had like the 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 idea of of, of yeah getting more known by our music. We always like to do it and to have it as a memory for ourselves, because it's it's beautiful what we do, and. and <laughs>
2: I never heard my brother talking so. Yeah, I feel much. good,
3: man. I feel good.
2: <laughs> yeah. Usually he's the shy guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm in the back." But I don't know. There's a connection between you guys. But the thing guys. is, it's
3: just between you and me, you know, right? Because otherwise, when there's some people, I, I don't like to talk that much, and I feel good right now. So yeah, <laughs> good man.
0: <laughs> uh, were you guys exploring other like career paths or anything? Like, what were you guys up to at the time? side music was there any man i was
2: working in a coffee place and i did those flat whites with the swans and the hearts and all that shit yeah. <laughs> but i'm glad i left that place and just this whole career and, and now we're into art and it's much more meaningful and important to us what's the music scene in zurich like what's going on over there to be honest i never i was never really into the music scene in zurich but there are some uh, venues which, which they're popular to invite like international artists. But the local scene, I, I would lie if I would tell you a name or like even tell you it's, it's it looks like, it's, it's hard. It's hard to capture. Maybe there's not a big music scene, that's why it's not mm. so present. It's not like here in Nashville where you, you know, like you come to the airport and you see like Gibson guitars and they look like they're in a museum
0: that's it's so unique you don't have that culture in, in Zurich not at all what's it like being in a place like Tennessee just as a musician just kind of soaking that stuff in because so much of the music that you guys play at least to my ear it sounds like coming I mean, a lot of it coming from the Americas mm-hmm. whether it's Latin America or you know the the states of course what's it like to soak in the music culture around tennessee i mean it's it's an honor to be here you know the it's incredible you you can
3: feel that music is like number one in this city and there's so much history also yeah it's like coming home we have friends here we have our studio here
0: and uh yeah it's it's a lot of fun you know it's really cool being so international as you guys are (laughs) how do you guys organize your your home lives like where you guys live in I mean we always go back to Switzerland because our family
2: is there so it's it's like the safe heaven the safe place because everything is just working there so nicely. so you can just lay back and like rest a little bit but we're traveling a lot in this year and even the last year it's been a lot being on the road so it's a mixture between being in hotels and being back with the family. But it's nice. I, I really enjoy it. It's also very inspiring to be on the road and meet new people and connect with different parts of the world.
0: We have to take a quick break and then we'll come back with more from Hermanos Gutierrez.
1: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3%
0: Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at Audible.com/slash The Boar's Nest. We're back with more from Hermanos Gutierrez. Do you guys mind playing? Of something course, off the yeah. new yeah, record? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yes. Yeah.
2: So let's start with the uh, El Bueno El Malo. That was the first track that we actually recorded in the studio. And it was here in this room, so it feels special to be back. All right, man, we're ready.
0: Such a great energy, man. <laughs> oh, thank oh you. man. Thank you so much. How did you guys get connected with Dan Arbach and, and the studio out there?
3: Um, our management, which is also based in Los Angeles, knows the management of Easy Eye Sound. So the management of Easy Eye, Tom Osborne, he showed Dan on a weekly meeting. Before the meeting started, actually, he, sh- he said, hey, Dan, check out this, these two brothers. And so Dan watched it on the laptop like, 10, 15 seconds of our first video. And then he closed the laptop and said, Yeah, let's have a call with the boys. So that's it. It's pretty pretty short, pretty cool. And then we had a call for like 15, 20 minutes with Dan and and Ellen, the sound engineer. And it was clear that we wanted to to do something together. And it
0: felt like that's it. I get why it only took 15 seconds, man, because like the sound is pretty immediate. Like it's it's like it doesn't take very long to realize what you're listening to. It's like, oh, this is a sound, mm-hmm. you know? I think it's harder for us to realize what's happening.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sometimes we're on stage and we're like, what are we doing here? You know, like, are people going to get it? And
0: it's just, yeah, apparently it's happening. It's it's working. You know, if you're on stage with a band and a, like a lead vocalist or something, there's, there's stuff you can kind of hide behind when it's just you two on stage and you're seated with your guitars and you're playing like, you can't kind of hide behind a ton of theatrics or behind other people and it's like you guys are kind of really exposed as, I, as i'm thinking about it <laughs> yeah that's play. true yeah man and, and funny thing is also every time still feels like this, the
3: first time that we kind of played in his room you know so it's always like we're in front of a lot of people but it still feels like it's just the two of us playing then and it's really cool because sometimes i forget about it you know and um, it just
0: feels good to play with my brother how much are you guys playing just in your day to day lives, trying to come up with ideas to bring to one another?
2: Always, man. I think it's it's part of of my daily routine just to pick up the guitar and sometimes it's just like even like ten minutes, maybe five minutes, maybe it's an hour, maybe it's two hours. But I try to do um, to play the guitar every day and just like create something.
3: Yeah, it always depends because sometimes I play like every day. But sometimes I also feel like that my body and my mind kind of need to, to take like a distance from the guitar because it's also very personal, you know. I try to put my feelings into songs, you know, and sometimes it's just, I don't know, I'm not in the mood or I, I, I'm not, um, I don't feel any inspiration. And then I kind of give it the space, you know, to be like, hey, it's okay not to touch the guitar. And then it's always cool because when I kind of play again, I always come up with something small, something new or something different. So I think sometimes
0: the space between you and the instrument is important. Yeah, that's true. Are you able to realize w- what inspires you or are you unaware? Is it just sort of coming through and you don't even know what it is that's activated the the creative it's response? Both.
2: I don't think if something happens, I don't, I'm not sure that this is going to be a song, mm-hmm. but for sure it's going to be there and it's going to be an inspiration. I think traveling and meeting people it's it's a big inspiration or even like touring we went to Texas 2 months ago and I remember I came back and it was just such a great tour that I felt so inspired just because I loved what we were doing so I I said like okay if if we're going to put out more music I'm I'm going to be able to do more of that kind of stuff you know and stuff which is fun so that was interesting but I think in general it's life life which is inspiration to come up with new ideas so even the fights that we're having as brothers it's always like we're growing on this path together sometimes we're more apart from each other but it always brings us back so i think like this relationship is maybe the main source for for the inspiration they were having
0: yeah it's an interesting point about the live show inspiring things like because you guys just started in your bedrooms and because you guys are like just so familiar with one another and so comfortable with one another, I mean, you know there must be such a huge difference between I this is a song we came up with in our room by ourselves and all of a sudden now it's the same song we're playing on stage and again it's just the two mm. of us but adding that live element really obviously must feel like oh shit like we're actually no we're in show Mm. business (laughs) like we need to we need to like move an audience some sort of way like do you guys think about crafting a record in a way that oh we could go out and do this live or is it no 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 it's never like hey we need
3: to be able to play that live no no it's always like something that we that we feel at that moment you know it's like i have this idea let's check this out and of course if it i mean almost all songs that we wrote, we, we are able to play in life. That's also something cool because we, we sound the same on the record or almost the same as in life. And it's just the two of us, you know.
2: Yeah, we're not trying to overproduce it because that would not be us. We were always just very restricted to two instruments
0: which are a re- representation of two souls. And um, I think we just want to keep it that way it doesn't sound like you guys are trying to necessarily impress anyone with fancy guitar playing, like with tricks, you know? I don't even know how to do that, (laughs) man. I I can't shred. I mean,
3: today we were at the, do you know the Carter Vintage Guitar Store? That's like one of the coolest stores here in Nashville. And uh, we were checking out some guitars and there were some guys there like, you know, like, (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I could never do that. We could (laughs) never do that. But it's like, what we do is like, honest and real yeah the the thing that that what we feel so that's i don't know it's kind of a mystery as well
0: do you guys have any desire to be able to do that or or not so much no not really no not really no it's it's okay um i just want to
2: sound authentic authentic and um different i think that's the main inspiration and maybe that's always the the point that we inspire to we're not trying to copy someone. It's really about that.
0: Yeah, that's the coolest thing, man. Because it gets so easy, especially when you're a guitar player, mm. and like you know, like just to copy other people or like to get caught up in showing off. Yeah. And to be able to actually articulate who you are as an individual on the instrument is mm-hmm. like it's a lost art. Feels mm. like you know. Have you guys played with a vocalist before? No, like a a, a third person. Has anyone ever tried? to insert themselves into, I mean, into what you guys yeah, do. Yeah, I
3: mean, the next song that we're going to play is called Tres Hermanos because we wrote that song with Dan. You know, that was also kind of a cool story. We were at the studio. We almost recorded the song and then he came and he said, hey, he's hearing a, like a melody on, on on a part of the song. And he sang us this what he, he heard, you know. And we tried to play his melody, but we couldn't play it like he wanted to play them. And we just... Handed him over the guitar and said, "Why don't you play over it?" And he just did a, a one-taker, and and that's then when we just call it uh, that. The song is called "Tres Hermanos" because we also kind of became friends with him. Uh, we have same interests, and it was so cool. You know, you at the beginning it was, "Wow, it's Dan Auerbach, and it's still Dan Auerbach. We had we have the biggest respect for him, but we kind of became friends, and we kind of got to know him as a as a person. And he's beautiful. He's so. Um, Nice, and he's, he has a good heart. And yeah, that's, that's cool that we have like this in common.
0: Did you guys play it live together or did he play over?
3: Yeah, I mean, he came to shows. Sometimes we tell him, hey, do you want to come to a show in, in Los Angeles or we might be there? And he says, yeah, I want to go with you. And, and he flies in and we have an
0: after party and it's always cool. Yeah, You guys play together so much. Is the energy feel a little different when you have someone else come in to play? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%.
2: Playing with Dan on stage was really, and even he said that, like, because he's aware of that tight space that we're having, like, he doesn't want to come and, like, destroy that energy. But with him, and even with Adrian Quesada from the Black Puma, he's sometimes also like joining the stage with us. It always felt like an enrichment. Mm -hmm. It's not like, what is that guy doing here? So we're aware aware of that, and we're just trying to um, play with the right people. And it's one more time. It's like it's the feeling that we're trusting, and we know, okay, this is gonna be a fit. How do you guys know Adrian? We know Adrian. It's a funny story. I met him in Los Angeles in uh, in a store in Mr. Freedom, and I saw him, and we recognized each other, and I was like, Hey, you're, and he was like, You're. Just like yeah. <laughs> and uh, since then, we um, kept in touch. And then we saw each other in, when was the second time, I think, in
3: Austin? First time we played together in Austin at the Antons. Anton's,
2: And he came with us uh, to play on stage. And since then, we just were in touch. And he's such a cool guy as well.
3: And he even flew out to, we had a big concert in Mexico City last month. And he flew in and we had time to hang out together. And yeah, he's another brother. And, and it's really cool. We have a cool connection with him as
0: well. He's a great dude, and man. He knows so much about music. He's crazy. And he's an
3: amazing guitar player. He's he's so talented.
0: Yeah. How how was the Mexico City show? What was that like? It was a chaotic experience <laughs> in so many ways because
2: we had a show in the open air space. It was a beautiful venue. I remember when we told our friend that it was living there, we're going to have a show in May in Mexico. And he was like, "Oof, but it's the rain season. What are you guys doing? You know, like, we're like, I don't know. <laughs> So we had sound check and everything was prepared and I got back to the hotel room. I had a shower. I was ready, like ready, ready. And I heard the first thunder. I was like, no, bro, you're kidding. (laughs) So I was like, no, this is really happening. So we went back and it started raining so much. So we had to cancel the show. Mm. And a lot of people were uh, annoyed and like, how can you do that? Like, um, we just came for this show. And then on Saturday, there was another nature thing happening. A big volcano, which is close to Mexico City, started to be active. <laughs> yeah, so, a lot of people right. who tried to go back had to stay again in Mexico City. They were stuck. Mm-hmm. So, they were able to come to the show, which we postponed to Sunday. And there was an indoor place. And in the end, it was an amazing show with Dan and Adrian Casana on the stage. But we got back home and we were so tired. In, in the active volcano in yeah. the
4: background.
2: <laughs> setting, setting things up. But it's funny. I like to talk about it. It's it's a nice experience.
0: We have to pause for another quick break, and then we'll come back with more from Hermanos Gutierrez. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit subject to lender approval and terms apply.
5: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
0: Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? one place. The Boars Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boars Nest. Before we jump back into my conversation with Hermanos Gutierrez, let's hear them play their song Tres Hermanos Live. <laughs>
4: Thank you.
0: get lost listening <laughs> to you guys <laughs> thank you man how, how long have you been playing uh, lap steel four years now and uh
2: it happened on the on the journey that we had through california and the Death valley and we did like a commercial for this swiss airline and uh, it was such a cool thing and then we got back to la and there's a store in santa monica santa monica true tone music And we got, oh yeah, yeah. we we visited that store and I just saw this lap steel on the the wall hanging. So I bought it. It was actually my brother said, yeah, get it, man. You should should just buy it. And it just opened a new dimension for us because it's like more Western now and it has this desert sound. So, yeah, I'm happy that I'm able to play that instrument.
0: How, How long did it take for you to feel comfortable playing? I felt comfortable since the first moment.
2: It was really like, wow, cool from the first string that I was sliding.
3: I just realized that I, I helped him to play the guitar and the slide guitar, so it was me. It's like, <laughs> I remember he was standing there, I mean, he had this white, what was it? Pearl, pearler, a slide guitar, and it was so beautiful and the price was okay and he was thinking, hey, should I buy the, I don't know. And I'm so happy that he did it, you know? And he's so talented because sometimes he came up with ideas on the slide
0: it's, it's crazy. That's his instrument. By the way, like no matter what <laughs> arguments you guys have now, you know, it's like brotherly arguments type thing. It's like <laughs> you have to credit your whole career. <laughs> to, 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 I was about to say I love how my brother credits himself sometimes. <laughs> you know? Do you gravitate more towards one or the other in terms of like when you're going to just pick something up to play? It's easier for me to play the lamp still, for sure.
2: It's less like pressure and it's very smooth. It's very light. But with the guitar, I usually play first the guitar, and I come up with a melody, and I try to play something with the lap steel. So this is actually the guidance for a mm. song. So I need both of them. It's like like I can't decide.
0: And you'll and you'll come up with the melody on the lap steel, but you'll come yeah, up. Yes, sometimes I do.
2: I mean, for this song, tres hermanos, my brother came up with that the melody, and it was um, clear from the beginning that it just needs a lap still. I don't have to play the guitar.
0: And yeah, it really depends. What was the reception in Switzerland like? I mean, I guess at what point did you realize you're going to be able to take this outside of Switzerland? I think it was the first concert that we had in Mexico City.
2: It was before the pandemic. And that was the first show overseas. And there was a friend inviting us. And just seeing that kind of attention and the presence and the people can get it in a different country that was amazing to see and oh wow there's so much more that we could discover with our music they're
0: like there are no boundaries what was it like growing up latino in switzerland was that a weird experience no not weird it was always um
3: i realized like when i was around 12 that it's like a gift that i had have, i have like, both sides in me you know because we had like in Switzerland you had like the the Swiss boys and then you have like the how you say this the 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 foreigners no like with the immigrants yeah and so I was always part of both you know I could be with this with the Swiss friends and I could be with the like with my soccer friends um, and it was always like I'm both and also like to to talk Spanish in Ecuador and to come home and to understand yeah German
2: it was It was a really a gift. Yeah, in a way it's also there's a feeling of feeling lost sometimes. Of course, that's you're not part of either this culture or the other. Which is I think a refreshing feeling sometimes and sometimes you just wanna have that feeling, Okay, I belong to this kind of culture. But I think it was the coolest thing to grow up with the with a Latin part. You know, even like the possibility to go to Ecuador and mm. visit our grandfather and grandmother, all the cousin, I think that was an inspiration for us as well, and we try to transmit that through music. I mean, we have two songs in the set, it's especially a dedication to the Latin culture and whenever we play those tracks, it reminds of us of our abuela and just the primos and just being there with the whole family. So And that's something I think the family, the meaning of family, it's not so present maybe in, in Switzerland. It's different. What is it like? I don't know. I, I think Swiss people are more, they're holding back their emotions a little bit. It's not so easy to share emotions or even like tell someone, I love you, I I care for you. It's, I'm not saying like it's not happening. It's just like different. In Ecuador, we went there when we were like, you were 16, maybe I was eight. I don't know. It was like after a lot of a few years, maybe I got it wrong, but it was a trip that we haven't been in Ecuador for a long time, and I saw my aunt, and I didn't see her for like I don't know ten years, and she cried, and she was so emotional, and I was like overwhelmed by so many emotions, and I don't think that's something you see in Switzerland, like where people are able to express themselves
0: through emotions. It's
2: it's different.
0: Yeah, really, that really is a gift then to be able to get both of those. I mean, to be able to operate on both those two cultures that are distinctly different yeah. in those emotional ranges, yeah. you know. You kind of be more reserved and, and also to be able to express yourself completely and, and fully. And the
3: thing is also about Switzerland, which I get now, is like um, in Switzerland, everything looks perfect. And in almost every sense, it is perfect. You know, you have everything there. And so it's kind of difficult to act or to tell some that something is not perfect you know for example in a relationship if you have issues with your family and i think in latin america and especially ecuador it is common you know that you know that you have fights and and you get loud and you scream at each other and in switzerland everything is more reserved which is also good because the culture is different but that's something that i got to know now when i'm older How, how did your parents meet that's a funny story my my father was maybe 30 years old, and then he he worked for a European company, but in Ecuador for a in the pharmacy pharmacy business. And then our mother was his secretary. So, oh,
4: okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That's a it's a perfect
3: story. It's, and so he had that's to go right. back, or he wanted to go back, and then she, our mother showed us the letters, and then our father wrote her a letter. Do you
2: remember that? Yeah, the most honest letter, like <laughs> so, telling... There's like a fifty fifty chance that you're gonna make it because of this, this, and he just told her all the factors that are different from mm-hmm. being in Ecuador. Just like a very Swiss approach, you know, like and she's gonna was, hate it. You're gonna hate it. Yeah. She was uh she was all in and like she left Ecuador forever. How old was she at that time? Like she was uh she was
4: twenty
3: five, twenty-six.
2: Yeah. She was young. Wow. Yeah. And also like
3: German, like the language, that's so hard to learn. But our mother, big respect for her that she did it. And she, uh, I mean, nowadays she's more Swiss than, than we are, you know. It's funny, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, big respect that she she left her parents in Ecuador, her sisters, brothers,
2: and she just moved to Switzerland without knowing anybody. She told me that she always going to marry a foreigner. She always wanted yeah, yeah, to leave. Yeah, that's true. She had that vision. Was her family upset? No, I think they got it. I think they were like, yeah, yeah if, to have, if you have to do it, you you leave, but you can always come back. This is your yeah, place. Was, Don't worry about it.
3: It was also a chance, you know, in the late 70s, you know, to go to Europe from Ecuador and our grandparents, they were... Middle class. Middle class, lower class a bit also, like humilde, how do you say? Humble people. Humble people, you know. And so... Um, I remember that a grandfather talked to my father and also like he just said yeah just treat her with
0: respect and um she can always come back. Did you guys speak German primarily in, in at home? Yeah, it was German with I uh, speak Spanish. <laughs> I'm kidding,
3: I'm kidding. It's always it's always the, the joke <laughs> See, between
2: It's always the same thing, man. The big brother being mean to the little brother. No, it's, um it's it was mostly German with my father but our father uh, left. They got separated when I was seven. So I mostly spoke Spanish to my mom. That's why I speaks better Spanish than my <laughs>
0: brother. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> that's, that's the reason. <laughs> Wait, so so and when they got separated, your mom just decided to stay out there still? Yeah.
3: I mean, they lived pretty close to each other. So uh, yeah, yeah, it was clear that she's going
0: to stay in Switzerland feels even more brave in a a way. I don't know why. She's super brave. The first few records you guys recorded, no label on any one until the most recent record, Yes, that's correct. What was it like putting out records all by yourself? Did you guys have a, a vision or a strategy or was it sort of just like, let's make some stuff, put it up, see what happens? No strategy. We just
2: wanted to have our own collection of vinyl because it's just such a strong thing to have in your mind and just to pass it on. So it was important that we create something which is honest. And then it was also very organic, like creating new music was easy. It was just like, yeah, happening so fast. And looking back, it's crazy. Like every year we had a new record Mm. coming. But it was at the same time so much fun. It was because it was a side thing for us. It was like the thing which kept us alive in a way, you know, from maybe the routines and all that stuff, which it's not so inspiring, but we're happy now that we're having uh, this label in the back of
0: us. It's it's a beautiful feeling to have people around you now. How did you guys record the the first few records? Was that, did you guys do it on your own or did you do it at well, a studio? We had a studio. Out there? Uh, the
3: first two records were recorded in Berlin at a friend's place, he had his his studio and he offered us, hey, if you ever want to record something, this is your studio. And then we did this twice, like this uh, journey road trip, you know. And after that, we, uh, we found a cool studio and a cool recording engineer in Zurich. And so the last two albums we recorded in Zurich, because we also didn't have the time to do another road trip, you know, it was like, we want to record now and uh, we have everything here. And so in total, we did like four albums and one single, one, two single, two singles. So, yeah.
0: When you guys realized you're going to record with Easy Eye, did you have the songs for the new record ready or no. did you have to? I mean, we knew like in,
3: in December, we're going to record in March. And we had ideas, you know, we were always playing and but then we had like okay let's write this album and it was a very intense and special two months because we we wanted to we wanted to impress Dan you know and he was impressed by the way that we were because after two days we were done with recording the bass you know like we did eight songs in in two days and he was like, "So what should we do now?" And we were like, "Let's do start with overdubs and everything." And and uh, we came well prepared, but it was like also two months before, every day playing together, writing songs, and looking for new melodies. And uh, it was not always that easy, you know. But it was cool to come to the studio, plug the guitar in, and to be ready.
0: Dang! So you guys record. You guys wrote the record in 2 months and then basically recorded the majority of it like the vast majority of it in 2 days yes the base of it we, yeah we wild. recorded in two two days but
2: there were overdubs of course um, happening in the next days but the base base of the record was done i love how quickly you mm-hmm. got i mean that's just it's um feels like rare these days yeah, i mean you know, we had to work that we quickly we had to in a way yeah there was i don't think you get this um always in your life it's a one one um lifetime experience so We took it very seriously, and we felt a little bit of pressure, of course. Yeah, from the first moment, we felt like, okay, this is going to be okay. This is going to be great, because the connection with Dan was so on the same level, which made it so easy to perform here in the studio, which this energy, because it's an amazing and unique place. So that pressure that we felt before going to Nashville just disappeared from the first moment that we got here. There was not such a thing like hey you have to perform it's like about creating something beautiful together that was nice to see how he works and how he approaches a, a record
0: i didn't feel the pressure <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> are you guys going to record another record out there yeah yes sir this year we're going to come back do you have some material already yeah we have ideas after this tour we're
3: going to go home and we're going to start like working but we have we have uh, new stuff ready, and uh, we just have to check it out to be together and play together.
0: I know you were you were talking about Gustavo and film as an inspiration. Do you guys want to do soundtracks ever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're waiting for the right
2: director with the the perfect story, which fits and just like to create an experience. But hmm. there's no rush. I mean. And also, right now, there's no time. I mean, we're we're busy with own things, own projects and this next record. We want to take it as serious as possible and not just be lazy about it. And I think it's just all very natural and we trust in the process and things are coming. And if not, it's okay.
0: Oh, man. Thank you, guys. Of course, man. The pleasure. Glad we got to talk and, and thanks for coming on.
2: Man, it was an amazing conversation. Really cool. Thank you so much for your time.
0: Thanks to Esteban and Alejandro of Hermanos Gutierrez for playing for us and chatting through their origin story. You can hear all of our favorite songs from them on the playlist at brokenrecordpodcast.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brokenrecordpodcast, where you can find all of our new episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at Broken Record. Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose and Eric Sandler. Our show is engineered by Echo Mountain. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you love this show and others from Pushkin, consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus. Pushkin Plus is a podcast subscription that offers bonus content and ad-free listening for $4.99 a month. Look for Pushkin Plus on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And if you like this show, please remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. Our theme music's by Kenny Beats. I'm Justin Richmond.